Welcome to the Salty Republic. This is your host, Steven Jensen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be watching from. Brand new uh, series, essentially, um, is called After Action Review Around the Campfire. Um, except there's going to be no campfire tonight uh, because the host that I have, he's a very, very good buddy of mine that I've known for several years. And um, he's super excited to come on here and talk. He's my very first guest. And and really, we're just going to hang out and, and talk about whatever the fuck he wants to talk about and whatever the fuck I want to talk about and just chill and drink some whiskey or bourbon and uh, just just hang out and have a great fucking time. Honestly, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing here. So very chilled, very laid back. Think of it like the Joe Rogan experience, except this is the Salty Republic experience. So uh, go ahead. Come on in. Introduce yourself to everybody who you are. And uh We'll get the party started, man. Roger that, man. Steve, it's great to be on the show. Uh, super excited to be pop- popping the show's cherry, being the first guest. Um, it's, it's really all I could think about all day. I didn't know if I was going to treat it as uh, something official, um, you know, because that's what the military dr- drills on our brains. But yeah, no, yeah. I'm Tim. I'm living in, uh, to, 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 to everyone listening, I'm Tim. I'm living in Tampa Bay, Florida. Born and raised in Florida. Um, retired out of the Air Force after just over 20 years. August 2019. Moved back here, getting us some projects going on the house uh, that we're a little bit behind on just because we were away, but now we're back where we want to be. Um, yeah, man. Um, you mentioned whiskey. Um, what, are, what, are you, what are you drinking? What are you drinking tonight? You're doing bourbon. What are you drinking? It's Wolcott. It's something a buddy of mine brought me on my wife's birthday party a couple weekends ago, and uh, it's smooth, but I am an equal opportunity bourbon drinker. There are some favorites of mine, but <laughs> this one is real smooth, man. And for lack of... Uh, I, I didn't feel like popping the cork on a different bottle. Plus, this is pretty good, so it was kind of by default my go-to today. Oh, good, man. I am... Uh, well... I've got my old uh, Mississippi Magnolia, Lazy oh, no. Magnolia uh, brewery cup that I'm using right now. Uh, by the way, if you guys ever get a chance to go check out that brewery, it's pretty fucking awesome down in Mississippi. But I am drinking um, some Makers tonight, man. Drinking some Makers. Oh, Makers is good. Makers is a good go-to. Oh, dude. You can't go wrong with Makers, man. You know, it's really funny because, uh, you know, obviously me and you have been around the world so many different places right and yeah. everywhere I go it's so crazy because each different place you go they have different types of bourbon and they have no bourbon at all point in case yeah. point in case so you know like I, I went to Idaho uh, last week uh, to help my buddy move from Phoenix to Idaho and uh, it was just north of Coeur d'Alene uh, legitimately 35 minutes from the Canadian border like like uh, you're wow, so- eh? yeah yeah eh? <laughs> And, and my buddy kept talking because he loves he loves Molson Ice. I don't know what the fuck it is about. He loves Canadian beers. He's like, hey, man, we'll just go to the Canadian. We'll just go to Canada and get some Molson Ice. And I'm like, huh, fuck you. I'm not going up there. Um, but but legitimately, like, dude, he's he's got a great fucking place. I mean, surrounded by mountains on all sides. We got fucking snowed on, you know. And uh, so in Idaho, the it's 
So the liquor is actually controlled by the state like liquor board, almost like Kentucky. So you know how like in Kentucky you have like fucking dry dry counties and fucking wet counties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. It's it's almost exactly the same because they will only issue liquor license based on population from from what wow. from what the woman that we talked to at the restaurant had told us because we went to this super nice restaurant and it was it was awesome. It's called Pork Bellies and it was fucking delicious. But I was like I was like, do you guys have like whiskey or bourbon? And she's like, we don't have a liquor license. She's like, we only have beer. And I was like, what the fuck? Dude, Florida's like it's Tuesday. I gotta drop my kids off at school. I'll see you at eight. What bar? <laughs> what bar do you want to go to? <laughs> <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I mean, it's really, it's, 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 it's pretty much whatever. Dude, it's, I, I tell you what, it fucking, I, that blew my mind, but uh, yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. And, and it's funny because uh, I looked up, because, uh, you, you know, I've been, I've been taking marijuana edibles for like helping me with my, my PTSD and stuff. And yeah. Idaho is one of the strictest fucking states in the country when it comes to marijuana. They have a zero tolerance policy on both recreational and fucking medical. They have nothing there. Uh, where basically... This is, this is Idaho now? Yeah, Idaho, dude. Uh, wow. Wait, and, and it's funny because Coeur is legitimately like 10, 15 miles from Spokane. And Spokane is where, you know, Fairchild Air Force Base is. Yeah, um, I've been there. And yeah, I've been there too. I went to Sears school there. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, dude, it, it's like what in the fuck? Oh, by the way, I passed Hill Air Force Base in in fucking Salt Lake City or yeah. Ogden or wherever the fuck it's at. Um, dude, that base is actually bigger than I thought it fucking was, man. I got I got a buddy that's active duty right there um, right now. Oh really? F thirty five. Gucci superintendent? Yeah. I won't say his name because I don't... Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course, of course. But, dude, that's that's crazy. And, you know, it's funny because I, I flew out of Boise to come back home. And yeah. the um, they had an Air National Guard unit. And right there at the Boise airport, right across the fucking runway, there was probably eight A-10s. And I was like... Brat! Brat! Yeah, you can't see that jet and not want to make that... Hey, you, you turn into an eight-year-old and you want to make like machine gun that sound with your lips. Huh? <laughs> Dude, you do. A hundred percent, man. A hundred fucking percent you do. I mean, who yeah. doesn't? And it's... Have you, have you seen the video of... Um, Oh, fuck. I actually think it was a team out of Hill Air Force Base that um, they landed a fucking A-10 on a highway in Washington. Holy cow. Have you seen that? I story about an A-10 round. Oh, let's hear it, man. Because Wait, wait, wait. Wait, you know what an A-10 round is, right? Yeah. What, what, okay, go ahead and tell us what an A-10, A-10 round is. Well, don't crucify me. Is it a 30, 30 millimeter? Is that what it is? It is a 30 millimeter, but what's the special characteristic of it? Oh, uh, you you had me at hello. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the A-10s actually use depleted uranium rods ah, uh, for, right. for their right. rounds. And so, like, when they spray and pray the fucking tanks, when they just 
just dismantle fucking tanks and enemies and towns and villages and everything else. I don't think I ever knew that, but now that I'm now that, now it makes complete sense. Yeah, them, like like tank busters. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, man. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find this video. You can go ahead and say what you want. I'm gonna try to find this video and send it to you because it it will blow your fucking mind, dude. They landed it on a on a civilian hospital, like a civilian highway in Washington, dude. It was crazy, insane, man. Can you imagine like driving down the road and you're like, "Hey, mom, are we gonna go get cotton candy today?" Oh shit, what the fuck is that? Candy <laughs> popped in my head. It was just one of the most random shit in my head. So I get back to my last deployment in twenty. Well, February 2015, I was with uh, a team of preventive medicine people and B, uh, BFE, just kidding, I wasn't in BFE, I was in Qatar, so I like to say that place was Qatarded. Qatarded. Qatar. Um, I was with this really cool guy who got forward deployed, and uh, I don't remember his exact location, but it was, it was kind of hot, right when ISIS was um, in everybody's mines and in the in the late 2014 2015 whatever so he got forward deployed and the next thing i know i get this message on on nipper on for all you other folks out there that's the non-secure um regular military email whatever so i get an email from him he goes you're getting a you and the guys are getting a care package there's something in there uh exclusive for you i was like um, all right. <laughs> so a couple weeks go by and I get this care package and there's this A10 round with just a little sticky post-it note to it. And I won't say the guy's name, but uh, he he's in Ohio right now, but I won't say the guy's name. So he wrote so, this message to me like, hey, this round was used against ISIS. We had to clean up one part of... It wasn't exactly a bear base. Forgive me. I don't exactly know the details. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly what I can really even say. Yeah, don't was, don't hey, don't say crazy. anything. Obviously, that's gonna get yeah. us both on the terrorist watch list, which I'm pretty sure I'm already on there. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we, we may actually fucking be on. That. <laughs> <laughs> you look out on a nice cloudless day, and there's a glistening, but it's probably a remoted pilot. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a fucking you know it's a RPA fucking running around. So it was just really cool because he sends me the round. Of course, it's spin. It's not a live round. Um, either that or maybe I'd grill a third leg at this point, being that it's depleted uranium. Um, but it was really cool. And it's I put it in my shadow box, so I have to send you a picture of that. Dude, that's cool, uh, man. That's yeah. so fucking cool. Hey, so in the, in the general chat... Uh, you may have to like kind of hit the back button just a little bit, but there is a video from uh, Fairchild Air Force Base, and you can actually watch that video. And we can watch it together because it's pretty fucking dope, dude. It's eight and a half minutes, but it, well, I mean, whatever. You can watch it later, but it's. Uh, yeah, I'll probably just watch it later. Yeah, it's. I can't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you technology challenged person, no, I mean, you. I, I can't. I, my job. Yeah. My job puts me in front of a computer for many hours a day, so I I do what I do on a computer when I can. And then, other than that, man, I I, I, I I'm not up to the times with technology. It's it's okay. It's okay. Wait, so what? You're what? Forty four? Forty five? Um, I hate you. I'll be forty three in July. Oh, I was close enough. Fuck you, man. Whatever. Come on now. <laughs> I'm shaving my head now, so it doesn't even matter like what my hair looks like. You know, it, it just happens, dude. It just happens. Oh, by the way, I fucking uh, 
Uh, I put up 1,500 pounds in the fucking leg press the other day. What do you do? Go out to like a car salesman and say, can I borrow your Buick? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it's... It's one of those things, man. It's, uh, you know, I, so, uh, so basically when I came home on leave, I guess I would say a couple times, there's always this one gym that I would go to, uh, it's called the Mac gym in Marion, by the way, Marion, Iowa. If you guys end up listening to my podcast, Hey, I'm just throwing a what up to you guys. Um, yeah. give, me little, give me a little kickback and a free membership. Yeah. Right. 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 I already spent $121 a month there. Motherfucker. Um, I got the executive membership. I got my own locker and towel service and all that kind of great stuff. Is there like, do you want a poke and stroke too? Uh, I mean, fuck, if that happens, yeah. fuck yeah. I mean, shit, why not, right? Tug and pull? Hell yeah. Circle jerk, let's do this. Um, but it's, it's a great little gym, dude. They, um, and I've worked out there a couple times because it had a pool and stuff like that. And so it allowed me to come home and when I was on leave for a week or two to, you know, go lift heavy shit and throw it down and and uh, swim and whatnot. And so I uh, I took my girlfriend there to, to let her see it because I, I mean, there's in a city, this honestly, this is it's a it's a city but it's really like a fucking town because you can drive through it in about probably 10 minutes um i'm not shitting you we have like we have interstates and stuff like that but i mean fuck dude i could i could legitimately drive from one end of town to the other in probably fucking five minutes if i'm doing 90 miles an hour i cannot do that here where i am yeah yeah i know i've been to tampa uh i know because i've I've been to I mean fuck once you get past um where the fuck is Florida? Where's Florida? Gainesville? Once you get past Gainesville, and as you start to come in into towards Tampa and like Clearwater, dude, all those fucking little cities and shit, they just start blending together, and it's like, dude, people forget where the right pedal is. They're like, I don't even know what I'm fucking supposed to be here. It's like, it's- <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude, what are you doing, dude? I'm I'm fucking telling, dude, I'm telling you, a lot of people in Florida, a lot of people in Florida. There's a lot of little towns that I like to call heaven's waiting room. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and God forgive me, but they, there's a lot of people that probably shouldn't be driving anymore. So a lot of times you'll be behind someone and it's four knuckles on a poof ball. And to translate that, it's some old lady too close to the steering wheel and all you see is her knuckles because she's too short. And oh, yeah. Ball of a, four knuckles on a poof ball. With hairdo, I mean, <laughs> it's not that little, but I say them. I'm, I don't oh my fucking god, that's fucking I'm, great, I dude. Call, I don't mean to speak like I'm talking about an object. I love the elderly community, but there's a lot of <laughs> towners. There's a lot. It's, it's a mixed bag of just fucktardia. No, oh, I, I uh, dude, I. The big problem now is the people that have moved to Florida. The infrastructure just cannot keep up. So that's that's the honest truth. About yeah. It. So so speaking of Florida, you know, uh, believe me, I I lived in Florida. I fucking I love Florida. I lived in the Panhandle at Fort Walton Beach. Fucking oh, amazing up there. The Emerald Coast. Yeah. Um, and then even even out there at uh, McGill Air Force Base as well, which is like legitimately fucking three blocks away from uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fucking stadium. By the way. Um, no, 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 it's not. It's only a few miles. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's, where I was, that's where I was stationed for a long, long time. Oh, no shit. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, man. Started out, yeah. So I started out as a crew chief, became a flying crew chief, went around the world, bunch of different deployments, uh, got mandatory retrained, yada, yada, yada. But I spent, oh, man, for people listening, I spent 15 years in McDill. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Yeah. So did you go from McDill to fucking Keesler? I went I went from McDill to Keesler back to Tampa after retirement. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry that you had to deal with that. Yeah. Because um, we all know how fucking Keesler Air Force Base is. Yeah, man. It, it was the, the longevity. It didn't. It was not initial. It was not an initial goal of mine to spend that many years there. Yeah. You know, because you join the military, you're like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm going to go travel. I'm going to go do this. And, but you know, 9/11 happened, and then different presidential administrations happened, and the you know the government answers to the presidential administrations. And okay, so, and so sorry, go. It was sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. There was, there was moving freezes for a lot of different people, and I just I guess I just was one of them. So let me ask you this: So were you were you active duty when when 9/11 happened? I was. Okay, so 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 you know this is one of the things that a lot of people don't really understand what the military was like before 9/11 happened because honestly I mean before that yeah we had the Gulf War in the first Gulf War essentially uh you know from 1991 or 1990 or 1991 to 92 93ish um and then we went and kind of like bombed the shit out of them and you know 90 um, and then like we had Serbia and all that kind of stuff. And so legitimately, like we hadn't really been in a full fucking ground war in, in legitimately almost fucking 10 years, like a legitimate fucking ground war. We're like boots on the ground. We're fucking smoking people kind of shit. So please tell everybody what, what the military was like just before 9-11 happened and then when 9-11 happened. Yeah, man. So August, August, August 99, I was in, uh, of course, Florida. Um, joined, went to basic training, went to my technical training, got to McDill and the world was my oyster. Is, it, it, that's the correct saying. <laughs> uh, so to, all, to answer the question, it was completely a, a different world. And, you know, even that first couple of years I was in, so August 99 to September of 2001, two years. And that was a great two years in the sense of I didn't realize. I didn't realize. How, how old were you at the time? Were you 18? Uh, I was. No, no. I just I joined at 20. Oh, OK. OK. About the, about the same as me. So I was probably 22 when 9-11 happened. So 1999, 2000. Yeah, you, yeah. So, yeah. Let's just call it a twenty-two because bourbon and math don't go together. Yeah, no, um, no, it doesn't. It never does. And and I remember it was windshield stickers and the sentry at the gate. Um, the security forces or the cop, whatever you want to call them, the security forces would look at you the base sticker and they just wave you on. Well, now we all they, know that they have like a supermarket UPC scanner is what those D bids and for everybody listening, that's a defense biometric identification system. I think that's what it is. Yes. No, you're, you're correct. Cause we actually use that in Afghanistan. Uh, I had to actually oh, scan right, fucking right. dead body parts, dude. What oh, the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, they're fucking dead. Why do we need to scan them? I, I don't care if they're a terrorist or not. They're fucking dead. Oh man. That's, that's sad. And they do that for our, our team too. 
for the for the people and so, get into a story. So, a story of buddy mine. Let me let me ask you this now. At the time, because from my understanding, from other people that I've talked to, most like Air Force bases or most military bases in general, except for a select few, obviously, um, didn't even really have fucking fences around them. Oh, I got a funny story about that. As a matter of fact, oh, tell it, dude, tell it. Let's do this. So right, so I got to McDill after my tr- uh, initial aircraft maintenance training, February two thousand, and there were still family members of of uh, folks that would live on base, on base housing and whatnot. There were still family members that thought it was still okay to drive their bicycles across the flight line. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I got there, the the unit that I worked at for a long time, for almost seven years, uh, came, I believe, out of Montana, Malmstrom. So they went from Malmstrom at some point, maybe 95, 96, 1995, 1996. They got to McDill, and, you know, of course, it's pre-9-11, so it was very lax. So I get to my base, I get to McDill, and it's February 2000, and I remember asking this dude, he was a senior as an E4 at the time, and I was just an E3, and I'm like, what's up with this? What's up with that? He's like, oh, these, you know, he had some choice words. He's like, these motherfuckers still think it's okay to drive across a flight line. Don't they see the red line? <laughs> everybody, for everybody listening, there's a, there's a red line that you can only see when you're up close to the flight line, the, uh, where the, all the aircraft are parked. Um, because that's, that's like regarding like talking to the tower it's like electronic based right no 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 well oh, okay actually, on the outer perimeter there are some spots that do have i was gonna say um, right because i did flight line training it's, an, it's, an, it's it's a it's a line that's painted and you're just essentially you're not supposed to walk across it's called breaking red so if, if you break red the cops used to hold little exercises when I worked night shift and they, they talked to us via radio and say, Hey, we're going to have a break red exercise. You guys want to participate? Now, <laughs> you ask a bunch of That's fucking great. amped up 20 something year olds on <laughs> night shift who doesn't have the burden of all the senior leadership looking down on you if they want to participate in a go get them exercise. And they'd have this cop pretend. Well, he wouldn't pretend. He would run across the red line, and we would fucking go balls to the wall sprinting to tackle this dude. So much so, there were several different exercises to where they asked us to participate. So they're like, okay, 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 okay. Index, you know, basically like, okay, game off, game off. You guys are going to tackle this guy, and he's going to eat shit and lose fuck teeth. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun times. They, they probably still do stuff like that. Really, what it's supposed to drive? It was supposed to drive awareness. Like, okay, you guys are the majority of the people on the time that are out here working on these airplanes, maintaining the flight line. You know, just make sure you have vigilance. That because uh, you know, you everybody that works on those planes has to have a clearance. You have to oh manage. yeah, oh yeah. Um, but dude, it was you got to do all your flight line training and all that when they bullshit. Told me people used to drive bikes across the flight line. I laughed. I'm like, God damn. But yeah, all that changed after 9/11, man. The base. Entry and exit changed. Everything changed. It was just. It, I, I don't think any base has been the same. And and the U.S. military inventory overseas and at home. Oh, dude, you're 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 100 correct. Because I mean, from from other people that I've talked to, because I've I've obviously I've asked the question because I I think. Any of us that was alive during and when 9-11 happened that was coherent and understood what was going on. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it, it's one of those things where uh, I talked to people when I was doing clinicals at fucking Wright Patterson Air Force Base that. You know, they Wright Patterson Air Force Base legitimately never used to have a so Wright Pat is separated in fucking two different areas. So Wright Pat, for people that don't know it, I think I actually talked about this with the UFO episode. Uh considering I've heard that one yet. Dude, you haven't heard that? Oh, I gotta listen to that, dude. Yeah, I've been slacking on my pimp. Oh, you're fine, man. I don't give a shit. Come on now. Uh (laughs) but but anyway, uh so anyway. Wright Patterson Air Force Base is essentially the uh, the base where technology for the Air Force is created. Uh, per se, that it, uh, so it's separated in two places. Now, Wright Air Wright Pat Air Force Base was was there during was a major major base during World War II yeah. for for fucking uh, <laughs> flight training and all that kind of stuff because the Wright brothers, uh, you know. Did they actually have where the dorms are at at Wright Patterson Air Force Base used to be where the Wright brothers were testing their aircraft? Wow. Yeah, no shit. No shit. Uh, it's it's really fucking big, cool. There's a big Air Force. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you're fine. Isn't there like a big. Uh Air Force Museum on that base as well, dude. It's that is actually where the U.S. Uh, Air Force Air Force Museum is actually at, and I recommend anybody and everybody to go check it out because it's there. So the last time that I was there, that was back in 2012. Um, when I got back from Afghanistan, that is one of the most amazing fucking museums that you could possibly ever walk through. Uh, because there, at the time, there was there was eight fucking hangars, eight hangars, like legitimate aircraft hangars, to walk through to see all the different history well, of cool. of the Air Force. Air, you know, fucking aircraft. Oh God, I just burped all over the place. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, it's it's one of the most amazing fucking museums I've ever been in. Now I have never been. I I really really want to go to Washington and go through the National Archives. Uh, oh, dude, that'd be cool too. Museums and stuff like that, but. As far as like military stuff, like yes, the Navy SEALs have a have a museum down in Florida, no shit. Um, and the Army Rangers, they have one. Everybody, you know, each service has obviously their their own little museum. But I have never been in a museum like the Air Force uh, Museum in fucking Ohio that. Dude, it will blur. It will take you if you legitimately stop and read and and look at everything. Uh, yeah. Dude, there's no way you can do it in one day. That's you how. Who, that's how fucking massive it is, dude. You know who's on display there? Hmm. Um. There's. He's active duty right now. I mean, he's a public guy, so I can pretty sure I can say his name. Um. Chief Master Sergeant. Yes. Yes. Uh, Colon Lopez. Yes. He, his, his, dude, no shit. That guy, listen, that we idolized the fuck out of that guy. Like Uh, there was no fucking tomorrow. His picture is in there and his fucking beret is in there. Yeah. Well, so I I became a contact of his on LinkedIn. Um, I'm I'm not anybody to write home to mom about, but that's my claim to that guy is uh, I first met him when I was in Qatar. He he was, he's just as happy go lucky. 
And he's your typical pararescue guy. He's he's just a a very outgoing. He's a little shorter than your average, you know. Oh yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm five nine on a trampoline, so I think he's a little shorter than me. Um, but he's just a very outgoing guy. Very like, hey, how's it going? How's your? How's he's a very he's a very fucking personable guy, dude. Very so when I first learned him, he's got this really cool short read called Carniv- I think it's called Carnivore Leadership. And it's just got really good, no bullshit, like, hey, these are this is kind of like an ethos to live by, uh, being a manager and a leader, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not doing it any justice talking about it because I can't remember some details. Um, again, bourbon, but <laughs> so and then I, I I reached out to him when I was in transition, when I was getting ready to leave Active Duty. And uh, he was like, yeah, brother, everybody's brother, you know, especially if you serve. Oh, yeah. Um, Saving me as a contact. So the reason I brought him up is because I learned something via LinkedIn. You know, we don't call each other. I'm never going to be close to that guy. I was like, so I saw pictures. You know, this is by message. I told him by, by LinkedIn message. I was looking at pictures of the Air Force Museum. I saw a picture of you on display. What is that purple little cat you're holding? Yes, the mad cat. So I didn't, I did not know all this time. And these pararescue guys that I've known, the PJs, uh, did not know that they had a little mascot mascot of the Cheshire cat. Yeah, from from Alice in Wonderland. Dude, I had to go to the internet and look it up. Like, I don't remember what the Cheshire cat is. What is that? So for everybody listening, The Cheshire Cat's famous saying is, we're all a little mad here. Yes, we are. And the, way, the, way, the way he explained it was like, look, to do this job, you, you, you got to be a little mad. So, 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 neat. so uh, that to me. yeah, dude, and, and you're 100% correct, because I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, you know, I, I've had buddies in, in fucking combat control. I've, I've had a lot of, a lot of buddies in fucking special operations, at least in the air force. And it's, <laughs> and it's, and it's really fucking funny. Uh, as I was helping my buddy move, uh, one of the guys that was helping us load stuff into the truck, he was a former Naval intelligence officer and, wow. And all his sons, uh, one of his sons or both of his sons went to the West Point Academy, the Army Academy, uh, wow. and they became Ranger officers. And he goes, you look like a fucking pararescue guy. And I was like, eh, it is what it is. <laughs> and uh, he and it, accept that. And, and he goes, you know, and it's really funny. And I, I kind of explained it, too. But it was really interesting to hear him say this because most people didn't know this. I didn't know this when I joined because I found out from, from a friend that was a intelligence. He was enlisted intelligence for a uh, Air Force Special Operations um, Squadron, i.e., you know, fucking combat control, pararescue, steer, etc. Yeah. Um, where he talked, he goes, you know, most people don't know that the Air Force has special operations. And I said, yeah. And, and I told him the story. I said, yeah, my buddy, because I was going to go be an Army Ranger when I enlisted. And he said, I said, you know, my buddy invited me down to fucking down to Herbert Field for a week to basically basically follow him around and follow these guys around. And I was like, holy fuck, this is what I want to do. Yeah, that's that's like the real Air Force right there. Oh, dude. Oh, it's 100 percent real Air Force. And, And it was really funny and interesting to hear him say, you know, 
every special operations group, whether it be Army, Air Force, Navy, uh, you know, Marine Corps even, because Marine Corps have, they used to be called Recon, and actually I got a funny story about that too. Uh, they're now called Raiders. Um, he said, you know, every, yeah, they're called Raiders. Oh, right. The Marine, the Marine Raiders. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah. actually, and I'll, I'll get to that because I talked to a guy uh, at the horse ranch that I stayed on in Idaho. He was an old I, Marine. He was an old Marine fucking Raider from Vietnam. And wow. it, oh, dude, it was, it was fucking priceless, man. Um, but you know, he said every, every special operations group has a different body profile. And I said, you're literally the first person that I've ever talked to that actually understood that. And, you know, I said, you know, when, depending on what you do, as far as your mission profile, you know, you have a, a, a different body type. So like, for example, army yeah. rangers, a lot of them are fucking huge guys. All they do is spend time in the, in the fucking weight room, just picking up heavy shit and throwing it down. Well, they're mostly yeah. a, a raiding force, a land raid force. And yeah, they have to be able to fucking, you know, carry heavy shit and fuck shit up on the land when we need them to. And he goes, you know, it's funny because the leanest guys, most people don't realize this. He goes, if you swim like Navy SEALs, pararescue guys that have to swim and stuff like do. They're not very big. No, dude. They're lean as fuck. They're small, really in stature. They're not very big. And he goes, most people don't understand that. They think that when, when, when like civilians think of special operation, that, that there's these big, massive, burly guys, like, you know, six foot fucking four. And I'm like, listen, you, you have to be under six foot two in order to get on a helicopter. So that's not happening. Um, yeah. Believe me. Cause they told me when I signed up, they're like, what's your height? And I was like, I'm five ten, And they're like, oh, you're fine. As long as you're not six, two, you're okay. <laughs> you're a shoe. And you know, and I think Mark, Mark, and Morgan Luttrell, the, the Luttrell brothers, um, Marcus Luttrell being, yeah. you know, the, the the author of The Lone Survivor from Operation Red, Red, Red Wings and whatnot. In his book, I believe he says they were like six foot plus. So, and I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think they were bigger than the average seal. So, yeah, they, yeah. they were a little bit bigger, but they were also slim because I remember reading in that book that they had a lake that they would go to and, and that's how they oh, trained right. to they swim. Trained. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, that's they how they, with this one guy. Yeah. That's how they trained prior to fucking, um, you know, going into seals was they, there was this like little pond or lake. Essentially. I was thinking of a pond that was next to my farm in Iowa. Um, that that you would just that they would just go and fucking do training and stuff because there was never anybody out there and and legitimately i mean i couldn't believe that this guy actually understood that you, you know people that that you know do pararescue and navy seals they're very fucking even special forces honestly uh yeah. because they have to do combat dive and stuff like that now granted we've kind of gone away from that the the sea uh infill uh type of water infills uh because mostly we've been doing land uh you know infills and stuff like that and infill if you don't know what infill is for for the audience it's infiltration like your 
entering uh, this, the the combat mission area uh, via land or air, whether it be Halo or Hey Ho, which is high altitude, low opening, or high altitude, high opening. Um, and, and or if you're driving down the street and you see somebody, you're like, Hey Ho, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> hey Ho. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh fuck, dude. Comedy. Sorry. Please continue. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it just it it really really made me fucking just kind of laugh and smile that he really understood that and, and honestly most american people really don't understand that uh, as an active duty guy i didn't even realize that until i was about a decade into the service yeah yeah dude it, it's 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 crazy and it just put in the sense of of like uh you know special operations in general i mean fuck even like you know, it's always it's always funny because everybody makes fun of TACPs as you know, yeah. TAC TACPs are tactical air control party specialists. They usually are are stationed with army units to go out as basically really forward observer. Uh, their only job is really to control aircraft, drop bombs, kill people. Um, you know, they they can do all the exact same stuff that any special operations unit can do. They're JTACs, Joint Terminal Air Controllers. Uh, they actually go to Florida to do their JTAC uh, training. Um, and, and obviously everything has changed. I mean, fuck, just think about the times that since we've been out. I mean, fuck, Air Force Special Operations has changed now to Special Warfare, uh, which I find. Oh, really? I don't think I knew that. Yeah, yeah. So it's now called uh, Warfare. Yeah, Air Force Special Warfare. And I fucking crack up every time now that I, I hear that uh, because it sounds like they legit just copied uh, the, the the Navy SEAL units because yeah the Navy special warfare yeah yeah exactly dude I just like come on Air Force you guys literally the fucking redheaded stepchild of all the services except for maybe the Space Force now and 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 the Coasties but uh, yeah you know it's it's still fucking funny hey did you know that by the way uh, several years ago uh, the Navy and the Coast Guard actually had a program that was called Coasty to Seal. And there was actually I think, really? two or three uh, Coast Guard, I think, rescue swimmers that became, they got their Trident pins. Uh, they they completed Navy SEAL training. No wow. shit. Uh, and then they got, I think they stopped the program, I want to say, I think in 2014 or 16, I think, if I remember the article correctly. But yeah, dude, it, it's fucking crazy that most people don't don't even know that but uh, who would honestly expect the you know civilian population to know that but uh, and anyways you get back on track with with the story it just it made my heart very happy to hear that guy <laughs> fucking they, say they that you and said you look like a pair of rescue guys <laughs> <laughs> you what well, you do you you have that body type too and i mean to like you said to swim and a fast rope behind enemy lines to go save your 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 teammate or your and it's you and it's call. and it's funny because like uh y you know the the funny thing about it is that 
you know, most people think that now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, very early in the Afghanistan uh, war, uh, they did some incredible, crazy shit. Uh, One of the stories I read in one of the books that I have, uh, I think it's called Never Leave a Man Behind, uh, which legitimately just talks about the the pararescue uh, in general. I think it was in 2000. Fuck, I want to say it was 2008, maybe. Uh, There was a group of pararescue men that jumped into a live fucking minefield in Afghanistan at night. They did a halo jump. Uh, There was a Swedish or Polish special operations guy that was down, you know, high, high up in the mountains. And they asked the uh, who, whatever country it was to outline a jump zone with them with, with flares. And they jumped in the middle of the fucking night. They did a halo jump and they did it all based off of where the fucking flares were in order to land in a fucking zone. Uh, Holy Christ the, on a cracker, man. Right. That they could that they could go into and fucking go in and try to, help, you know, save that guy's life. And one of the most incredible fucking books I've ever read. Um, you got, you're gonna have to share that title with me. I'd love to read that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, Leave No Man Behind. I think that's what it's called. I can't remember the author, but one of the most fabulous books I've fucking read in my time. Um, and it was it was spectacular. But uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, it is what it is. So so I mean, yeah, essentially, it's just one of those things that uh, you know the the Air Force is crazy. Most people don't know about it and it is what it is so that's good i didn't even know they were changing their name to that yeah dude special fucking warfare uh the logo is actually kind of sweet uh but i mean it is what it is but uh uh the the guy that i see on a horse ranch in fucking idaho and the he was super I'm, i'm guessing that he was one of the original ranch owners uh obviously before his family took over and um he we got to talking and he was an ex marine raider during vietnam and you said was reconnaissance right uh well so i mean the marine raiders they're like they were an assault force essentially um back then and that's kind of what they are now but um he he told me a great fucking story uh regarding some air force guys and whatnot and uh yeah it was it was an epic story that guy that guy i think he was 89 years old and uh was this recently yeah when i was in idaho dude every time i hear marine reconnaissance i can't not think about clint eastwood's character gunnery sergeant highway oh my god dude you remember remember that 80s movie Mm mm-hmm Dude, that, what a good old '80s movie, man! Oh, dude! Oh, god! So, so what was he saying about the uh, the quote unquote brothers in blue? Uh, so, so essentially, what he talked about is he uh, was on this mission and he he fucking was apparently they got a call about there was some guys that were shot or some shit like that and and he fucking he went they were in a helicopter they got picked up by the helicopter and they told the fucking air force like helicopter pilot they're like hey uh 
can you guys land? So I, I guess one of the Air Force crew chief guys got shot and wow. that was on the helicopter. And he was out of the helicopter for whatever reason. Like when they came in for a landing, he got shot and the helicopter got raided or some shit like that uh, by the Vietnamese. And, and he fucking... They decided that they were going to fucking, they're like, fuck it. We're going to go get this guy. And, uh, he told me that they had not had Thanksgiving dinner and this happened to be some, some generals, like some general or Colonel that he, you know, he was big up there, but it was like one of the guys in his unit and they were like, fuck it. We'll go get him. And they got him and when it, they, let's do it live. Yeah. Right. And they got him. And and they got him back to a base or forward operating base or something like that. And, and, uh, this, this general colonel had come out and asked him, you know, if they had had Thanksgiving dinner and he goes, Oh shit, we haven't, we haven't fucking ate a real meal in, in, you know, in a month. And they probably forgot it was Thanksgiving also. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I guess that brigadier general or, or colonel or whoever it was, uh, had made it a special mission to have Thanksgiving dinner flown in specifically for this guy's unit so that they oh, could yeah. eat, get a shower, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, that's a fucking story that a goddamn movie should be written about. You know? Yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> it's like one of those things, but yeah, dude, I mean, I, you know, I, I, and I think I've told you this, I can't remember, but dude, you know, since, since I've gotten out, like I've struggled pretty fucking hard because uh, from all the, the, the different deployments and shit like that. And I even asked the air force if I could go back in, like granted it's pretty oh, wow. fucked up now, but, uh, they told I me, if I could do that, dude. dude they, yeah, I know. Um, they told me no, but it's one of those things like you go in the military and you see a whole bunch of shit and you do a whole bunch of shit, you know, it's like the only thing you know how to fucking do in life. You get out in the civilian world and you're like, what do I do with myself? Oh dude, that was a big struggle for real. And, and another thing, Steve, is that all of those things and also just the simple fact that you kind of are back to not belonging to society. Well, you belong to society now, but when you get out, like the feeling that I still have, it's like, ah, uh, people just don't get it. And why can't this person be this way or do something? Oh, better, you, you know, but it's like there, when you leave, you, you kind of leave behind a sense of belonging and it's, it's, it's hard to combat that feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, your family's there for you and you have friends that you still know that are on the inside. <laughs> Sound like I'm talking about prison. <laughs> we got friends that we know that are active duty still and you know you still keep in contact with them but when you when you are when you are removed from that it's like well well fucking what, now, what, what do i do yeah now what yeah and, and, and dude, yeah, hundred percent. But uh, you know, it's 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 fucking. It's one of those things that I have struggled with honestly since I've gotten out in 2018. Was like really trying to find that sense of belonging, and and I've worked several different jobs, and it, it, dude, it's so fucking hard. And and I don't think a lot of people, especially in the civilian world, truly understand that. You know, you, you like we're tasked to go and do all this 
crazy shit. Uh, whether it be fucking, and, and most people don't think that like, oh, Air Force, all they do is fly planes. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> you yeah, know, I, I still hear that. I hear that maybe every once every couple months. <laughs> Dude, exactly. And so it's one of those things where it's like, uh, where, where, where do I start? I mean, just because we're the Air Force, I mean, we still have like, we have everything that the fucking Navy and the Army has and we still still deploy like you know i was deployed with the fucking army and and most people don't realize that and it well you that you talked about afghanistan recently with me a little bit more in depth and i i completely i had completely forgotten a i'm sorry but i I forgot this part of the story until you reminded me but b i i can't believe I, i didn't know about and i completely forgot that there were finance personnel yeah i saw it dude when you fucking told me that story about those finance people taking up arms like they were just like they were just going out to a fob to just do like fucking tsp shit but then they did they held their own yeah yeah they held their own that's that's pretty it sucks that you guys had to go through that but it's it's pretty impressive and and i'll touch base again on afghanistan because you you mentioned that about you know we leave that behind when we get out those experiences and those places afghanistan for me was uh a bizarre feeling when you come back because you're like why the fuck do i feel like i need to be back over there yeah oh Um, dude and it's it's like i felt like i got more done in a matter of months and i felt like i meant more to the quote-unquote mission than i did so many years before that oh and and you're 100 percent correct because i mean shit even when i came back dude within a fucking week of me coming back i had orders to go back again and and, and that's after being there for 14 fucking months and and it's one of those things it's like you know i didn't even tell my fucking command about it uh because i wanted to wait till the last minute because i wanted to go back you know and because it's it's the only thing that our body knew and it's you know I've, I've been trying to go through like ptsd and trauma therapy and all that kind of stuff because uh, i and you know this you know i have fucking ptsd pretty goddamn bad and yeah. and it's one of those things that uh i and honestly and, and to reference that one of the things that i talked to this was through the va in phoenix which by the way was fucking fabulous uh way better than it is here in iowa um but she told me she goes you know it's it's the medical people that go and actually see and do all the kinds of shit that i did she said they are the worst people that have fucking the worst ptsd because they legitimately see death like every day every other day yeah. multiple deaths at one time yeah and i didn't really put that into contrast until she said that uh because i was just like holy fuck you're absolutely correct uh that's gotta be an absolutely helpless feeling too to see somebody sitting oh, there dude. on a stretcher or they're being wheeled into the you know from a pave a, a rescue helicopter a pave hawk and you can't do shit about it yeah and, and it's just it's one of those things where you know i mean fuck in my first six months i mean dude i saw so much fucking death and and just injuries and maims and 
like crazy fucking shit. And that was in the first six months. And it, dude, as soon as I got there, I was like, no, I'm, I'm extending. I'm staying fucking here because I want to stay here. Um, because, you know, I actually felt like I was contributing to the mission and, and, and helping guys get, you know, get fucking home. And, and yeah. a lot of people don't really understand that. And in point in case, you know, I put it out to like, say if you were deployed to fucking Bagram or Kandahar in Afghanistan, you know, some of those people were what we would call fucking fobbits. You know, they, yeah. you know, they, they didn't. And, and Bagram and Kandahar are so, so large that, this yeah. Is, Bagram's really big. You know, they're, they're so big. Yes. Are you going to get indirect fire? Yes, of course you are. You're, you're fucking U.S. military fighting against the Taliban. Of course, they're going to launch missiles and shit at you. But, uh, you know, your, your safety wasn't necessarily paramount if you were out on a combat outpost or a forward operating base where you would get hit. Fuck, you would never know. You know, I, I remember I was taking a shower and this was early in the morning. I think it was like 430 in the morning because it, it's so weird in Afghanistan. Dude, the sun is up at like three o'clock in the fucking morning there. Uh, it's like you're wearing SPF 70 at like 7 a.m. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's crazy. No, I, I was at like fucking 8,000 feet. Um, and so it was very, you know, it's very weird to see the sun come up at fucking four o'clock in the morning or at three o'clock in the morning uh, and be up until, you know, seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock. Uh, because yeah. once it dips down behind the mountains and obviously, you know, it gets fucking dark, but um, it, it was one of those things like people don't really, uh, you know, truly understand. It's like, I, I love the fucking people that are like, yeah, I deployed fucking four times to Afghanistan. I was like, where, where were you stationed at? Oh, I was in Bagram. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, you didn't have it tough, but at least you got a shower every day. Uh, you got chow. You had a fucking chow hall for fuck's sake. Um, and, and could go and work out and shit like that. But, you know, out on the, on the forward operating base, dude, it was like fucking, you know, I was taking a shower and I was just, you know, just coming out like, Hey, good morning. What's going on guys. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, what? And they're like, they're launching fucking bombs and missiles at us right now. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, they're launching fucking missiles and bombs at us. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a weird, it's a weird complacency. Mm, dude. And it, and it doesn't really hit you. And I think I've told you this story. Uh, I, I still remember this and I'll remember this for a lifetime. Uh, on Christmas day, the, the army unit that I was with, they were switching, they were rotating out with a new unit coming in. And I got woke up, I think at like six and they're like, Hey, the new unit's coming in. Can you go to the airfield to help them throw their gear and shit in the truck? And I was like, yeah, no problem. I, I immediately threw a big old fucking chew in. Like <laughs> took my monster to the fucking airfield, just lackly days in. And it, believe it or not, at that time it was Christmas Day. Um, General General Petraeus was actually coming uh, to the FOB, and so everybody was on like super high alert. There's you could hear the fucking uh, drones flying overhead and shit like that. And everybody, all the all the the regular army leg units or infantry units were like in formation, like oh god. 
General Petraeus is coming, blah, 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 blah. And I was like one of like probably fucking two or three people on that Ford operating base that I was like, I don't give a like, cool. That's great. General Petraeus. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. But I don't give a fuck. My job is to load the fucking new team coming in so we can fucking continue on. And I want to go back to bed. And uh, we're, we're sitting the, there was probably three or four helicopters that had landed and the new team was coming off. And as soon as the new team started coming off, they started doing indirect fire towards the Ford operating base. And everybody's like fucking scrambling towards uh, the bunkers and shit. And I went and stood underneath like a little tin fucking roof with a fucking dip in my mouth, drinking a monster. And the team's like, is it because the, the tin roof is going to help? Right? Yeah, right, right. And, <laughs> but the thing was, is I was so used to indirect fire, never actually fucking hitting anything that I like just stood there underneath the tin roof, like drinking a monster, spitting my chew, like leaned up against a fucking Connex or a, a fucking Hesco barrier. And my new team was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like get in the bunker. And I was like, I don't give a shit. I was like, they don't ever fucking hit anything anyway. And they're like, you are fucking crazy. And I was like, listen, you're going to figure this out over the next couple of months. Believe me, this is not that big a fucking deal. And I still remember because they were like freaking out. They were like huddled down on top of each other. There was an army captain who was on top of his guys, like trying to protect him. And I'm just chilling there drinking my monster. And I was just like, hey, guys, I was like trying to wave at the fucking Taliban because because Pakistan was only legitimately a half mile away. Like we were down in a bowl. Uh, between mountain ranges and and Pakistan legitimately was just over the next mountain range to the east and I was like fucking waving at them and shit like that and they were just like dude you're fucking crazy and I was like listen well, you'll understand that here in the next couple months I've been here for you know six and a half months already and I legitimately don't give a fuck uh, if they hit fucking something so be it it is what it is I was like I'll get a purple heart out of it uh, I'm not going to fuck home. I don't give a shit. Um, and it's just funny because people are like, dude, what the fuck? Weren't you scared? And I was like, no, man. The 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 very first time that that I heard the the fucking Dishka, which is the equivalent to the US's 50 cal smack the side of our fucking MRAP. Okay, that scared the fuck out of me a little bit. Cause I was like, what the fuck was that? And they're like, dude we just got shot at and I was like what they're like yeah we like we I was like okay do we shoot like you're like, you're like are these vehicles made in USA okay we're good yeah exactly and I was like oh okay and there was like Taliban coming up over the top of the berm and shit and I was like dude I I, I don't care we're we're honestly really protected and, it, and I'm not gonna lie like don't get me wrong the first time you get shot at yeah it scares the fuck out of you um, but after you've had guns and shit in your face and been shot at you know a half dozen times like listen that that really doesn't fucking scare me anymore um and, and, and another funny story not to just like drag on but when i was living in arizona 
after I got divorced, there was a, a saloon that I would go up to that was just up the road that had a rodeo and stuff. And I and I met some really cool people there. That just sounds badass. A saloon in Arizona. Dude, it was it was a legit saloon, man. Like you're thinking like old time Western saloon. That's pretty much what it was. Like they had some people singing. They had a fire pit that was burning like fucking um, pallets and wood and shit. And there was there was a bar inside, but the whiskey bar was outside. And then they had the rodeo and everybody would come and fucking watch these guys, you know, ride these bulls and shit. And and I remember this, the 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 family that I got to know pretty goddamn well, uh, you know, the the guy got really fucked up one night and was going to try to drive home. And, and his family was like, hey, will you go talk to him, try to talk him down so he doesn't drive? And I was like, sure. And so I went and talked to him. And I was like, hey, man, I was like, I was like, come on, dude, you, you can't do this. You, you can't drive home. Let 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 your daughter drive you home. Right. And he like pulled out this gun. And he was like, you're going to back the fuck up. And I was like, listen, man. Wow. Uh, yeah, he he had a fucking nine millimeter uh, inches from my fucking face. And I was like, look, dude, uh, you know, I, I'm honestly not even fucking scared. And his whole family was like freaking the fuck out. Like they, after we finally got him out of the truck and he agreed to go with me and I was telling him Afghanistan stories on the way home and stuff to, to, to just try to keep him from being fucking crazy. Um, I was like, I was like, listen, I've had multiple guns in my face. I've, I've seen death multiple times. I'm really not that scared. And they were like, I, they were freaking the fuck out. They were just baffled. They're like, I can't even believe you sat there. I can't believe you just sat there and talked to him. Like, like, like it was no big deal. I said, well, honestly it is. I said, I've, I've seen and done enough in my fucking time in my short time uh, on this earth that having a gun in my face doesn't scare me that much anymore. Uh, I wonder why he pulled the weapon out anyway. Dude, he was so fucked up, man. He, he, he was content on trying to drive home and, and I was just like, I was like, man, listen, dude, I'm not going to let you go home. You can shoot me in the face, but it's not going to end well for you. I promise you. It's not going to real. I'm glad he did not do that, Steve. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I think anybody would, especially me, but uh, you know, and, and he was, he was a, he was a major construction guy. Uh, he ran a major construction company down in Phoenix too. And I was like, look, man. And, and the funny thing is, is he called me the next day, like crying and apologizing. He's like, my family told me what I did. And he's like, I'm so sorry. And, you know, I said, listen, man, I said, we, we all make mistakes, uh, you know, when we start drinking heavy and especially when we're fucked up. And I was like, Hey, it is what it is. And, and, and I don't hold any regrets against you, man. I really don't. Uh, you know, but now you owe me a bottle of bourbon. Yeah, I was like, you owe me a bottle of fucking whiskey, uh, <laughs> you know, and it's just it's it's really one of those deals. I mean, it's like, hey, I, uh, you know, I, I've seen enough shit in my time. I've been around the world enough fucking times that, you know, if it it's really like, hey, if it's my time to go, it's it's my time to go, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. So, oh, dude. All right. I got I got I do got to ask you this one thing yeah. uh, we're going to get into politics just a little bit give me your okay. no give me your no shit uh no bullshit view of of governor DeSantis there in in, in florida 
Make America Florida. Let's do that. That's dude. No, I saw I saw somebody with a hat on that said "Make America Florida." And I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, he's from my hometown, as a matter of fact. No shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just recently, within the last several months, realized that like, you know because I was actually like, it was oh, it was when his wife. Um, she she has cancer. Her was getting she, treatment or some she shit. She yeah. actually beat it. She actually beat it. It came out publicly. Um, forgive me, I don't remember the timeline, but I was like, well, let me look these these folks up. They're not very old, but she got diagnosed with cancer. Wow, my mom had cancer, so I was like, let me look it up. I was like, oh crap, he's from uh, Jacksonville, Florida. All right, wow. So I uh, I will say this: him as a governor. I'm so thankful to have him as our governor. Yeah. Because he he has uh, just, he just went, he's went up against all the popular names that tried to make Florida. All all the fucking super hardcore fucking liberal left and he told them to go fuck themselves. It's like, don't New York my Florida. And I, I think I even saw somebody with a... Uh, a sticker recently when I went camping on their campus said, don't New York my Florida. I'm like, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> That's fucking so awesome. I, I really, I, I'm going to be honest, man. I, I I hope he wins another term in the government, in the governor's seat. I, I hope he pursues. What do you think about greater? him? What do you think about him maybe running? Because the big thing, obviously, now, uh, there's there's the good word on the grapevine and on the street that he is actually getting ready to run for 2024 presidency. I would be I would I would be very excited about and, that. And dude, honestly, you know, I, I 100% agree with that because as as much as Trump was great with his his policies were fucking spectacular. Um, but obviously, he's not the most uh, great public relations fucking guy on on this planet Earth. Uh, sometimes yeah. he doesn't know how to shut the fuck up for his own goddamn good. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I think we all laughed every fucking time he had a goddamn press conference. Um, but at the same time, I will give Trump credit for, for us in the military. He really did help us out a lot uh, in the military. And he got, he got rid of the bullshit fucking Obama's era fucking rules of engagement. We're like, no, we're not waiting four hours for a fucking airstrike to come in because we don't want to blow up houses or fucking goats or camels or some shit. Uh, if there's people shooting at you, you fucking blow that shit up. Uh, and, and I'll give him credit for that. And his policies were great. Um, but I think, you know, especially right now, uh, the guy should honestly shut the fuck up if he plans on running for 2024 presidency. But I would really, really love to see DeSantis run. Uh, oh, man, for the for the for the sake of our nation, bro. Oh, dude. God, we, we need someone like him. Um, and I'm not going to say everybody's perfect, you know, I'm, right. I'm right. sure there's some issues. But for the sake of for the sake of our nation, I would I would love him to run for the presidency. I would love it. And it, I so, would love it. Dude, it, so now obviously you're a little bit older than I am. And, and even obviously listen to the episodes that I've done for this podcast. You know, walk, what is, oh, 
tell me what you think as far as what has happened and how far this nation has turned from say even four years ago or even two years ago when when Trump was still in office to what we have now. I mean, dude, how how in the fuck could anybody legitimately sit there and say, oh, Biden's fucking great? Because, you know, I'm sure you yeah, have. I don't get that either. Dude. I don't get that either. And I, I'm going to broaden it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, everybody wants to use Biden's name, but let's just face it. It's his it's his whole administration. It's it's not just him. It's his administration. Oh, dude, it's all it's everything. It's dude. So compared to uh, what did you say four years ago? Yeah, even I even mean, even four years ago. I mean, fuck, four years ago was 2018. So yeah, yeah, we were divided as a nation. Certainly, but now now we're not only divided. We can't even fucking afford to be divided. Oh no, dude! And it, and it's and it's we funny. We can't afford it, dude. So you, you said you said something on one of your podcasts. Uh, I'm sorry, one of your episodes of the of the Salty Republic podcast. It was one of your I don't know, one of your first ones. And you said how bad it is. And you said something very true. And I went home and told my wife about it. And she's like, "He's right." You said if you're not making close to almost a hundred grand. You're, you're probably struggling. And I said, babe, he's, he's kind of right. Especially people that have to drive every day. Um, and and, and, and think about think, to feed a home. Yeah. So, so think about this too, because when I said that, you know, I, I don't work. I'm, I'm, but how the fuck did we get this way? Yeah. And so, so it's funny because I actually read a report on uh, Daily Mail today. Uh, <laughs> apparently, DeSantis is a Democratic challenger, apparently, uh, that's going to be in the, the Democratic primary there in Florida. Uh, she is currently the ag commissioner, some shit like that for the oh, state. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, she is. Um, was talking about how he has uh, destroyed Florida and this and that. And it, and it was funny, dude. Every time I read an article, I, I'll read the article and I'll go down to the comment section. Dude, it is fucking priceless because and and we see the polls and shit like that that come out every single fucking week, right? About how he's 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 at 39 percent he's at 41 percent or whatever the fuck ever and but when you go and you talk to legitimate americans people that work for a fucking living that are that are struggling uh you know on every fucking front uh yeah you, you know how in the fuck is this guy got that high of a uh uh you know approval rating but to go yeah. back to to florida in general you know she was talking about she was talking about how housing rent increases, uh, housing prices have increased. And I said, I said, well, you got to look at the facts. I mean, DeSantis didn't close down Florida like the rest of the goddamn country did during COVID. Yeah, which, so everybody's moving here. Yeah, it, everybody wants to get away from the bullshit restrictions, the fucking government overreach. And when people move into, just like in Arizona, because all the fucking people from California are moving into fucking Arizona. Uh, especially in Phoenix and drove up housing prices beyond all belief. Here, point in case, the apartment that I was living in when I first got to Phoenix after I got out of the military 
we were paying, I think, $1,200 a month. And I think it was maybe 1,200 square feet. It was two bedrooms. Oh, I remember when you told me they, they increased it drastically. Yeah, dude. When I checked it before I fucking moved back up here to Iowa, it was now $2,100 for the exact same apartment. One of my coworkers is dealing with that just in Florida, too. That's horrible, dude. It, it's it's horrible. And, and, and anyway, this, this uh, Democratic challenger, essentially, she was talking about how the housing crisis is a fucking, you know, uh, it's it's fucking through the roof and this and that. And, you know, common sense people are saying, well, yeah, because people are moving to Florida to get away from Democratic fucking policies and bullshit. Yeah. And, and let's be honest. I mean, really, the only Democratic fucking city in Florida is Miami. And nobody really gives a shit about Miami all that much. Oh, dude, I got a story about that, too. Go so for it. My wife, was, my wife was looking at something the other day. I, I let's just say the news or whatever. I don't know what social media thinks she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the news. Um, they are really, really hurting down there in Miami for nurses, nurse practitioners, and things of that nature. And she's like, I wonder why. I said, I can tell you why. All the policies down there, and I'm not going to just yeah. finger point and say it's only because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it can't. You can't tell me that whatever is going on down there is uh, it doesn't have something to do with some kind of policies and people don't want to be there and all these mandates. And you got some people that are like, you know, holy heavenly horse fuck. Like, I'm getting the fuck out of Miami and they don't want to go do their job. But I, it just made me think, like, I wonder if that has some kind of some reason has to do something with policy or something down the Oh, dude, hundred percent. I mean, if you look at the statistics nationwide, I mean, uh, every major democratic run city that's, you know, run by a mayor that's democratic. I mean, dude, it's a fucking third world fucking shit wall, man. I mean, crime has skyrocketed through the roof, not only in Los Angeles and fucking San Francisco and New York, which, you know, are the three, uh, honestly biggest cities in America. America, uh, outside of like fucking Houston and Chicago. Um, but what, like, here's a, here's the thing that I, that I don't understand. And I'm pretty sure that you'll agree with me in the fact that, you know, here's the thing. Statistics don't lie. They never lie. Uh, you know, when crime is going through the roof and when you've got DAs that are essentially letting criminals go, uh, for fucking murder and everything else uh when 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 people when regular people feel that they're not being secured or or protected by by local police uh they're going to move to a place that they feel protected uh that's just common sense and yeah governor DeSantis also put a policy in place regarding like rioting um, yeah, I saw that. He just like, signed a bill that you can't protest in front of fucking judges' houses, which, you know, yeah, the, that, that's, yeah, actually, no, yeah, you're right about that. I forgot. He just recently did that. Yeah. What I'm referring to is something, um, as far as like, you can't call it a protest if you're going to do XYZ. I can't remember verbatim what it said, but like, you're going to be held accountable if you do some dumb shit. While you're calling it a protest, it's going to eventually be a riot and you can't. Oh, it said something about if you're going to riot and block traffic. Like, don't don't think you're not going to go to jail. Because yeah. You're like you're stopping people's lives. Like, well, and that's and that's and that's the fucking thing. It's like, you know, yes, under the Constitution. Yes, we have every right to protest. But 
that doesn't mean that you can go and fucking block traffic and destroy buildings and property and shit like what the fuck did these people think was gonna happen yeah or like you just mentioned don't fucking go to a a supreme court justice house and and think that you can just go be a certain way like okay now now that's tiptoeing and some to me, scary territory. Like, uh, well, I, yeah, you know, no. point in case, point in case. I mean, it, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm not really nervous because I honestly don't give a fuck. Um, but the way that things are in this country now, I mean, look from where it was four years ago. This country is the most divided it's probably has ever been since probably the Civil fucking War or even back towards the Vietnam War. You know, when we had all those anti-war protests, uh, you know, in the 60s and 70s and 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 people, you know, obviously, besides the, the Vietnam veterans that came home and, and really were treated like fucking garbage. Uh, you know, they were just doing what what they were told to do by being in the military. And, and that's the thing is, you know, less than 1% of the fucking population of the United States has ever been in the military and actually understand what the military does and how it works and operates and all that. Um, but I, I really don't think we've been this divided since the, the civil rights era and, and the, the fucking Vietnam War. And, you know, apparently Monday, the Supreme Court is going to come out with its ruling regarding, you know, uh, Roe versus Wade. And it's... Uh, I'm not looking forward to that either. Dude, it's... it's. I will say I'm not, I'm not too worried about it, but it, it does leave a very uneasy uh, you know, aspect in the back of your mind of going, the Democrats especially are, for, are yeah, so especially fucking... Especially everything that happened from the last couple of years and now... Now this, it's like, come on, man, dude. It's it's like, and and I've always said this, and I and I and I told my girlfriend this. And I said, you know, I usually don't really worry about politics on a national level, but here's the thing with politics: is there's there's some people in this world that think that everything, and especially when Trump was president, this is really when it started, where everybody thought that when Trump became president in 2016 that somehow their life was really fucked up. That he was somehow uh, dictating, influencing their life and daily activities. And I was like, and and, and here's and here's an important case. Uh, when I was in Afghanistan, I actually had to block two family members off of Facebook because that's the only way that I could communicate with my family. Um, because all they did was sit there and spew fucking anti-Trump this, anti-Trump that somehow Trump was affecting their daily life. And I was like, you are fucking crazy and you need to go see a psychologist because if you're letting national politics get to you down to that level, you have something wrong with you. And and, and that's the thing. But now we're at a time now under this current administration where it is now affecting everything that we do every single day. Uh, you know, especially with inflation and fucking gas prices and and shit like that. And it's like, okay, now I'm getting pissed uh, as a as a U.S. citizen because when you've got gas at fucking four and a half, you know, uh, per gallon, all the way up to six dollars, and even more some some places and especially in major cities. Yeah. 
It's and bad. Dude, like, yeah, now people are getting pissed. Like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? It's it's unfucking real, dude. And 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 look at and look at yourself, like, dude, you have a fucking family to take care of, and it's like, now your grocery bill has gone up fucking three thousand dollars, your gas bill has gone up fucking, you know, five thousand dollars, and the prices continue going up and up and up, and it's like, okay, now you're starting to affect me every fucking day, you asshole. Yeah, now now I, I actually look when I'm at the store, like. I, I I never paid attention up until a few months ago. Um, yeah. I was like, God dang. I started taking pictures of like the meat section at, at Winn Dixie. Um, I t- oh, I took a first. I took a picture last year. This it was May of last twenty 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 one May. I took a picture of the gas pump, and uh, it was two eighty five. It's four forty. It's I think it's four forty nine today. Jesus at fucking same, Christ, dude! At the same pump, I was like, "Yeah, yeah." It was it's four fifteen here. <clears throat> it's four fifteen. Yeah, four fifteen right here. Still, it shouldn't even be that way, man. No, it, it shouldn't. My wife and I were talking about it the other day on a walk, just about the bullshit and all the prices of things, and you know, because we're thinking about you know home homeschooling our son and yeah. just the different costs of different things and not having to drive. And she's like, uh, she's like, I remember when I was a kid and gas was like ninety eight cents a gallon. I'm like, I feel like it. There's no reason it still shouldn't be that way. Now it's just the simple fact of. People just want to get filthy rich. Well, and and it, and here's the thing: is I, you know, the thing is, is like when you when you look at economics, are you still good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Okay, uh, and and here's the thing: when I look at economics, uh, like I'm on, I'm not, I'm not an economics major, but it doesn't take a whole lot of fucking common sense to understand pricing and 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 uh uh fuck what is it uh supply and demand when it comes to economics you know literally on the very first fucking day he shut down like one of the biggest fucking pipelines in the country and that instantly jumped our gas prices up to almost three fucking dollars like instantly you know and and when you start cutting off uh energy especially for the last fucking i think it was the last six years even i think the last two years or one year of of the obama administration uh you know the the united states was the top energy producer in the fucking world bigger than fucking saudi arabia and kuwait all those big rich fucking uh opec nations that that literally their whole the whole goddamn countries just live off a fucking refining oil you know what changed uh, dude, I'm telling you, it's it's the far left, the whole new green energy bullshit that uh, they think that people can just go out and buy fucking electric cars overnight, even though the average price of an electric vehicle right now in the United States is sixty four thousand dollars. That's uh, crazy. On top of it, we don't even have the infrastructure to support fucking green energy. Yeah, uh, I remember that episode you talked about. That. Yeah, dude, we don't. We, there's n- no 
nowhere, nowhere in the United States has the capacity to go to fucking green energy fucking overnight. Nowhere, nowhere. Look at fucking Texas. Remember, what was it, a year or two ago when they had that giant fucking ice storm and it literally froze all their goddamn uh, wind turbines and shit? Dude, the nation right now, the national news is is predicting a vast majority. I don't know if you're, I don't know if I. Yeah, yeah, we are actually. I just, I, I know what you're talking about. I just saw that map the other day. Yeah, they showed a map of the United States from a top, a top of like a bird's eye view map. And it was saying like, hey, expect this shit to happen. Brownouts and blackouts and yeah. get a generator if you don't have one and only limit your air conditioning use during certain times if you can and like lower your thermostat. I'm like, you're fucking asking a vast majority of, of the best nation of the world. country. Yeah. So during the hottest time of the year, hey, don't use your air conditioning. And if you can, only use it for this time. In 2022, Steve, I feel like this is like major steps backward. Shouldn't oh. it be like far more advanced? Dude, and, and, not, oh my God, dude. Uh, it, I mean, maybe I'm just naive. No, know. no, 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 dude. You're, you're absolutely correct. And, and this is exactly why I wanted you on here because, uh, you know, you're an American just like everybody else. You pay your taxes and everything like that. And, and you know, it's not a fucking free ride for any of us. And, and, and you're feeling it just like I am. And to sit there and say that, you know, uh, to sit there and say, oh, you know, this administration has obviously already said, well, you know, high prices are just here to stay. You just have to fucking deal with it. Uh, who in their right fucking mind that, and, and I'll even say, fuck, if you're making $70,000 a year and lower, dude, you're struggling. You're fucking struggling. I don't care what anybody says. And $70,000 a year used to, even $60,000 a year, uh, you know, that was a pretty good fucking wage to make in a year here in the country. And you could leave, live pretty goddamn comfortably. Yeah. Uh, and, and legitimately in a span of fucking a year and two years, look where the fuck we're at now, you know? Yeah. And it, and it's kind of like, well, uh, where like it, and from my, my personal viewpoint, I mean, dude, it's only going to get worse because I mean, obviously Biden has already come out and said, I'm not working with Republicans because one, his, his chief of staff has said that and his fucking wife, Dr. Jill Biden, uh, <laughs> has told him not to work with the Republicans. Well, uh, nothing is going to get accomplished. And. And when it comes to the midterms coming up in November, dude, they're they're going to get their ass fucking wiped off the fucking map, dude. People are pissed. And and when you start seeing Democrats or moderate Democrats that are now going to the right, uh, yeah. that is not good fucking news uh, for this administration. And, and they it, it, the thing that baffles me the most, and I truly do believe, uh, you know, a a constitutional republic like the United States does work with a 
two party system because you've got to have you've got to have that that, that like give and balances exactly you've got to have that give and take uh, from both sides um, but this administration has driven so far to the left that you're starting to alienate uh, everyday Americans are like dude fuck this shit this yeah, is so like fucking absurd me, somebody a Republican if somebody in a Republican party has a good idea I mean, you name your hypothetical good idea. But if somebody in the Republican Party has a good idea, you're you're just gonna look at it as a moot point just because of their party affiliation. That's 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 fucking dumb. Isn't that fuck, dude? I and, and and that's the thing. It's like it's like holy fucking shit, man. You know, and and, and I've said this before. I mean, if this shit continues to go on. Uh, now I'm, I'm be very curious to see what happens come Monday, obviously, because I, I there's something in the back of my mind, like I said, that uh, you know the the left loves to say that that Republicans are the far right, they're they're the Nazis of of this generation and this and that. Uh, you can't just you know just because of a ruling from the Supreme Court. Uh, doesn't it doesn't go the way that you want? It's like that fucking you know. It's like having a four year old. They didn't get their fucking way, and you told them to you know you you took something from them, or you told them to go to their room. They're like a bunch of little fucking kids that are just crying and bitching. But the difference yeah. is, is that they are legitimately doing violence, and there are people out there that are at the point that are at a fucking breaking point. They're like, no, fuck this. Let's just do a civil war uh because because they're they're so tired of the bullshit like when you start fucking with other people's personal property and you start doing all this bullshit you're asking to get your ass killed straight up dude and people right now case in point um in 2022, we got the energy stuff going on as far as, you know, about to get super hot out for the majority of the United States. Oh, yeah. All of it. But then let's just say, for instance, you got this dad, you know, because we're guys and we're a little bit more hot headed. What if you have this guy, just this hardworking guy that comes home, can't keep the air conditioner on because his lights got cut out. And now, now, drum roll, now you can't fucking feed your toddler. Because they need a special baby formula. Oh, dude, dude, dude! That that is what is you start fu- making me. You I start feel fucking sad for so many fucking people, dude. You start I fucking with sad. you start fucking with people's families, and guess what? You're gonna see you know the grizzly bear come out of fucking people, dude. It, it is it is to say it's sad is the understatement of the millennia. It's so unnerving. I hate that we as a society have morphed. And having to rely on that, but let's just face it: modern, you know, modern technology and medicine and scientists and companies have devised formulas now to where it's it's it's. It, my son had to be on a special formula um, up until he was uh, I don't know three or something like that. Yeah, because he had a digestive issue. But yeah. thankfully now he's not on it anymore. He's just over four. But I told my wife, I said, you know what? I'm gonna go online. I'm gonna look to see 
what I can find, just I'm going to pretend like I needed it. Couldn't find shit, Steve. Yeah. Couldn't find shit. Oh, I, I, and, and here's the thing. If you could find it, it was probably hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars. Yeah, and fuck those people that are doing that. Oh, yeah. Dude, fuck that bullshit. I would fucking smoke those people if I could find them in my in, in real life. Are you fucking oh, kidding man. me? Get the fuck out of here. So yeah, it's it's bad. You're messing with people's livelihoods now. Yep. In a very real sense, it's it's not like oh you know, sorry we couldn't pay you overtime, Joe <laughs> or whoever. It's like no, you you go home after working on a. I don't know, a construction site, you know, like you're a heavy duty blue collar worker. It's a hundred degrees outside where you work and you can't even go home and send your air conditioning. And now your wife is crying because there's no baby for Yeah. Holy dude. Holy shit, man. Yeah. And, 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 and this is in America. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, you know, and I know other people have said this. It's like we're the legitimately pretty much we are the most advanced country in the fucking world. And we're having these issues. Uh, you know, uh, honestly, you know, it's it, I compare it to the military. It starts at the fucking top. And when you have piss poor leadership like we have now, this is what fucking happens. And, and you know, the, the big conspiracy theory is out there that obviously they're doing this on purpose for people to rely on the fucking government to become, you know, socialist or, you know, common communism. Um, and, and I, and I've always said, and I, I know, you know, this, but tell me, tell me where in the history of time that communism has ever fucking worked. Yeah. It never fucking has anywhere at any point in time in history. It has never yeah. worked. And I'm just like, dude, and, and I know you feel the same way. And there's millions of other people that feel the exact same way where it's like, like common sense wise, you're going, you people are fucking legitimately stupid. Yeah. Like what? your mommy drops you too many times. Did you eat lead paint back in the fucking sixties? Like they're dude, still eating it. Dude, they must be cause holy fucking shit. But I mean, that's just, that's the thing is it's kind of like, dude, when you start fucking with people's everyday lives, uh, in the ability to take care of their families and shit, dude, you're fucking with the wrong people because yeah, man. You, you may think, you may think that you're protected. And I, and I've always said this and, I, and I've always said this to the point where, uh, you know, the Democrats keep saying, well, you know, January 6th was an insurrection and they were no. trying Listen, motherfuckers. They they took over Capitol Hill with not with with no guns. What what the fuck do you think would happen with guns? Yeah. Uh, Because legitimately, uh, the Republican Party can really owns the most guns in in the United States. Uh, And and you've got a million plus veterans that have that experience in hunters and and shit like that that know how to use those weapons uh, very, very well. Uh, If you think um, 
that we're just going to sit and and just lay down and, and take it. Uh, no, we're not taking any more dicks in the ass. We're going to legitimately fuck your goddamn world up very quickly. Um, and you can sit there and call us terrorists all you want. Um, but the thing is, and, and from a true aspect, uh, the American people are getting tired of being fucked by their goddamn government. And, and this was not how our government was supposed to be run or designed to be run. If, if I may, I, I think nature is telling me I need to cut out. Plus, my wife is banging on the door. Shit. Um, okay. Dude, it's been it's been awesome being on this show. I, I can't wait to have a continuation. I would love to keep keep this torch going. Dude, hey. I'm, sitting, I'm sitting under uh, an aluminum roof. <laughs> and it's about, it started to rain. And it's it's starting to, to bust really ass out there. Hey, listen, man, no worries. We'll, we'll do a, a part two of this. I mean, fuck, we're already at an hour and a half of doing this. So this will be yeah, a yeah. great part one. And uh, Oh, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no shit, man. And you just let me know when when you're when you want to come back on and we'll fucking we'll tear it back up for you know another hour or so man you just let me know i i i I can't tell you enough i i appreciate you uh fucking coming on here and talking with me and and drinking with me through the internet man uh it's been great i can't thank you enough man yeah buddy i appreciate you having me on man hey man cheers uh cheers through the fucking internet and uh we'll we'll talk again soon okay all right, buddy. All right, man. Take, Take it easy, buddy. All right, later. All right, see you, man. All right, that's going to do it for us for the very first. That's part one now uh, of the After Action Review around the Campfire uh, series. I hope you guys truly enjoy it. I mean, I had a great fucking time. I know I know, my buddy Tim had a great fucking time. Uh, this was great. I hope you guys truly enjoy it. Uh, once again, shout out to Anchor.fm for uh, being my main sponsor. If you guys enjoyed the show, share it. Share it with everybody you know. Uh, you can go check out the TSR web store uh, over at Redbubble. I was actually looking just the other day and saw uh, through Apple Podcast uh, website that the link that I have, you can see it through Spotify, but apparently Apple Podcast doesn't allow it. So uh, anybody listening on Apple Podcasts, you can go over to Redbubble, uh, redbubble.com and search for the Salty Republic and you can see the store and the two designs that we got up but uh, go over there check it out all kinds of stuff over there uh, you guys can buy t-shirts and fucking uh, coffee mugs you name it um, I hope you guys really enjoyed this I had a great fucking time tonight drinking some whiskey with a good friend and uh, man this was fucking great I got another buddy that's in Korea we're going to talk soon uh, we're going to have a great fucking time and um, that's going to be that so thank you guys very much for listening i hope you enjoyed it please share it any people out there that would like to sponsor the show uh by all means uh shoot me a email at uh the salty republic at protonmail.com and uh we'll talk and have a conversation and i'll try to hook you guys up and i i want to support small businesses and veterans and help the american people out and i can only do that with your help by sharing the show liking the show uh supporting the show so with that being said i'm getting out of here you guys have a great morning afternoon evening where we may be listening from salty fucking republic out thanks guys have a great fucking night